Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review and this is a special Australian uh, podcast in preparation for our Australian conference in Melbourne in November. So we're, we're recording this in early October and i um, very pleased to welcome Kieran from TMG and David Jensen from Crayon. Uh, if I could come to you first, David, uh, welcome to the ITM View podcast and uh, pleased to connect with you. Um, how did you, well, could you tell us about Crayon for people that, that, that are not familiar? Uh, absolutely. Um, thanks, Martin. Uh, I have uh, been working with Crayon for the last uh, 18 months or so. In fact, uh, I... Uh, I'm an acquisition, shall we say, of uh, of Crayon. Uh, as uh, you know, Martin, I've been running a, a SAM consultancy business for the past uh, 10 years, uh, mostly in Singapore and uh, around Asia and Middle East uh, with customers there. So um, uh, Crayon approached us to, uh, to join forces uh, last, uh, well, beginning of 2018, and uh, it has been a, a, a very successful marriage, I'd have to say. Uh, I am now uh, running the uh, Asia-Pacific um, services team, which covers uh, software and cloud analytics focus. Uh, and that is probably the, the lead uh, process that uh, Crayon moves towards, is, is leading with services as we, uh, as we work with our customers around uh, SAM and cloud and, uh, and data, uh, AI, machine learning. And Crayon is a licensed reseller and services provider? Correct. So Crayon does do license resale uh, for companies like Microsoft, Oracle, and IBM. Uh, they do form, a, I guess, a, a strong bond with the customer, and it's all about um, making sure that the customer is first and the software and licensing uh, management area, if you'd like to, to look at it in that regard, is, is foremost um, importance to the customers. So whether the, the customer chooses to uh, license through us is completely a separated uh, issue. And I think that's where we, we um, separate ourselves uh, so that we don't uh, get too many conflicts. And you've been in this market for quite a while, so I'd, I'd love to know your perspective on licensing generally because I, I think the general, my perception, and maybe this is a bit dated, but th there's no money left in license resale. It's all on the services, but you, you do the licensing because you maintain the relationship with the customer. Is that still? That, that is absolutely true. And, and that is uh, a clear direction uh, from, from Crayon Management as well. I, I spent uh, about a week in Dubai uh, several weeks ago now with our management team, and that is the direction that uh, is coming from them, is that we lead with services. That is where we uh, have the best expertise and, uh, and are able to provide uh, the customers the the solutions that they need, uh, and it's and it's not about the uh, the margins uh, any longer. Right. 
And I'd love to get your perspective on the Australian market. But first, I'd like to invite our second guest, Kieran, from Mastermind Group. Kieran, welcome. Hey, man. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Um, so again, could you maybe introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about the Mastermind Group for those that are not familiar? Sure. So uh, my name is Kieran Tilbrook. I'm the head of managed services at the Mastermind Group. Uh, I've been working with TMG for uh, just on 10 years, actually. Um, and so we, we sort of, we started life as a, a general um, infrastructure consulting business. And I guess probably we've been specialising in IT asset management for about just over five years. Uh, and I guess we got into that business by, I guess, uh, following the money, really. We, we just found that, you know, we were doing some work in licensing and implementation work around certain uh, IT asset management tools. And we found that there was just a, a hole in the market where um, there were no real specialised providers of IT asset management services and so that's what we started doing and that's almost all we do now um, managed services makes up a fairly large chunk of our of our business uh, and otherwise we provide consulting implementation services uh, and in, increasingly importantly uh, services around data quality management relating to IT assets and what does a managed service mean in ITAM terms for people that are not familiar with that is, is your helping a customer manage their assets through the life cycle? Is that SAM stuff or hardware? What, what are you actually doing for them? Yeah, so it's, it's almost like a, a business process outsourcing arrangement um, where we work with customers who don't have their own internal ITAM capability. Uh, so we basically provide that facility for them um, through a combination of uh, people, process and technology. It really, in most cases, it tends to focus on software asset management, um, IT asset management, or sorry, hardware asset management uh, is either not a concern for the companies or they tend to do it in a different area um, of, the, of the IT department. Cool. And, and what do you get for serving 10 years at TMG? Do you get a cake <laughs> or a gold pen or something? I actually got a very, very fancy uh, sports watch recently, so it's sort of changed my life. So it takes sport much more seriously than I do, so I need to step up. <laughs> well, congratulations. Ten years in any role is, is good, and, um, yeah, congratulations. So, so how, are you guys, um, how are you guys seeing the Australian market? Um, obviously, David, you, you mentioned you've come across from Singapore uh, so maybe maybe you've got a bit more of a maybe a, a global perspective, but I, I know Kieran that you have uh, TMG and AirTrack cover, cover global markets. I'd love to know your view of what's happening in Australia for ITAM at the moment. Yeah, well maybe I'll jump in there. Um, and you're you're correct. I I do have a a very uh, I guess uh, Asia specific view for the last uh, few years. Uh, for me, coming back at the beginning of this year and setting up uh, Crayon Australia uh, has been uh, has been quite eye-opening in many respects. Uh, I guess I envisaged that the SAM marketplace or the ITAM marketplace being uh, quite mature, and I would suggest that it is definitely more mature than than Asia. Uh, however, it's still immature in many ways, and um, and that to me was. Somewhat of a surprise. Um, I must admit, I had a similar similar thought uh, when I attended Sam's in Chicago in, in June. 
is that the American market also has uh, a, quite a lot of immaturity when it comes to um, to managing uh, uh, ITAM and and uh, and really uh, showing what the value of, of what we do as as consultants. So. Um, yeah, for me, uh, we've sort of uh, come in fairly new. Uh, we formed a, a, a sort of a new team here, and uh, and that uh, has uh, has been an interesting um, introduction to uh, Australia. But um, again, we'll we'll be from a, a crayon perspective, we'll be looking across um, multiple areas of of item, and I, I like to look at it in three ways. Uh, the software, which is our traditional sort of, uh, approach for many of us, um, cloud management, and uh, the final area of data management or um, uh, moving into artificial intelligence. So I see all of these as, as key assets, if you like, within an organization. And, uh, and in fact, the last one is, is a, a very interesting one when it comes to um, thinking about ITEM. So what's the nature of the team that you've hired in Australia? Is this account managers or SAM specialists or what's, what's the nature of your build-up of the team? Right. Well, there's a little story there, which maybe we don't have a lot of time for, but uh, um, we acquired a, a team here in April, which was uh, uh, quite essentially the Flexera uh, team that was being moved at that time. So their, um, their sales, their pre-sales and their consulting services team uh, in uh, Australia and for that matter Hong Kong and Singapore um, all came across to Crayon and uh, that uh, formed an opportunity for Crayon to do what they do very well which is move quickly on um, business opportunities and, uh, and so I'm grateful for that. It gave me a ticket back home so to speak. And, uh, and now that team is, is growing even larger with, uh, with more acquisitions of, of people and possible companies in the future. So um, uh, uh, a bright future. And you mentioned about doing stuff around AI. What, do you mind digging into that a little bit further? What, what is it specifically you're doing there? Yeah, well, um, Crown has actually uh, uh, multiple AI practices in, in Europe, uh, particularly uh, Norway. We have a team of around 40 data scientists up there. We also have a, a large team in Austria, and we're looking to grow those, um, those teams and services out into the other subsidiaries around the, the globe. Uh, here, um, specifically, the types of things that we're, we're coming uh, up and looking at are things like um, production line uh, preventative maintenance. So where there is a, maybe a hundred different sensors, sensors sitting on a production line and those uh, sensors are picking up data, and, but the customer doesn't really know what to do with that data. So our team would come in, analyze, uh, run algorithms and establish uh, opportunity for preventative maintenance uh, schedules some that that may not have been seen before but this I mean it ranges that's one example I mean there's another example of analyzing um, medical data to help uh, hospitals and doctors predict uh, early signs of cancer um, and, and so on and so forth so uh, in fact uh, Crayon this year won an award from Microsoft as the as the global partner for AI and machine learning in the world. So it's it's something that we see is is a growing 
uh, market space, and it's uh, it's a very exciting area to be in because you're involved with you know obviously some uh, some very good outcomes if you look at the uh, the cancer example. Right. And do you think any of that can be any of that logic can be applied to the ITAM world? Can we can we pick up any of that technology to be used in the ITAM industry? Yeah, it does have a very uh, sort of different approach. Um, you know, the one the one thing that we I think in ITAM and SAM and HAM that we've always uh, sort of used the, the term assets, and in reality, um, software is never an asset. It's actually a liability. Um, it never belongs to a customer. It always belongs to a vendor, um, no matter what they do. So the the reality of of uh, what we do in in ITAM, if you like, now looking at a true asset, which is data, because that does belong to the customer, um, it really starts to put a different spin on on how you look at your role and how you want to then help the customers manage this data and and. I guess, analyze uh, different ways of, of how that data might be useful to them. So it's, it's similar in, in some respects. It's not about cost. It's not about governance so much. It's more about opportunity. I think Elon might just, just, sorry, just uh, while we're talking about sort of you know, AI and new technologies, and this is not really, strictly speaking, AI, but one thing we are seeing uh, more and more of is, I suppose, crowdsourcing knowledge around IT asset management, and that's been around for quite a long time in terms of, you know, certain vendors that collect information from their customers around um, application recognition or application knowledge and so on. But we're sort of, we're seeing it extend into, uh, in one particular case, around um, pulling together knowledge from multiple customers around um, their, say, for their inventory coverage in certain aspects and using that to provide benchmarks um, so that you know people can actually understand what, say, an industry, industry standard is for inventory coverage in a specific industry. Yeah, and I think I think I've, there's always been a bit of twitchiness around privacy and sharing data like that, but I, I don't see how it's going to harm anybody by sharing those sort of benchmark. I think it's incredibly powerful if we all work together. Yeah, and it's typically just statistics, so it shouldn't be too much of a concern. Right. It, yeah, and and Kieran, your view of the ITAM market, what, what's going in on in Australia, and what's your view from the global perspective? Do you think? Um, and I so I agree with David around the maturity um, in Australia, and I don't we don't really have a lot of coverage um, in the US, but certainly for what we see in Australia compared to Europe, um, it's still quite you know, an immature market. There are some organisations that do do it very well. Um, and there are some that are kind of heading up the path, but yeah, even very large organisations, we find that they struggle with it. Um, I actually, in terms of challenges facing the, the um, you know, ITAM professionals, I actually went out and asked a couple of our customers, um, and they're sort of the things that they came back with in terms of what is causing them headaches right now uh, is unsurprisingly related to cloud and just the proliferation of um, you know, many, many AWS accounts into the thousands and how you actually keep track of all that. And, uh, you know, obviously each account is its own um, little kingdom. You have very little control about what goes on in each of those kingdoms. Um, the other one was multiple service providers, particularly for large enterprises. 
um, where you might have multiple service providers that each look after the same platform and you end up with a multiplier. Um, so um, Exadata and Exologic was a really good example where one of our customers have um, two different suppliers of each of those platforms and then you get so four different scenarios where you have to look, look after and track assets. Um, I can carry on if you wish. There's a few more. <laughs> um, please, please do. So organisational um, challenges was quite a big one. Um, and in several of our customers, um, the, the ITAM team, if there was one, um, or and to be honest, you know, what we find as a managed service provider is that the ITAM team can be a little bit siloed and a bit sort of cut off from other areas of the organisation. So they're not really, there's a bit half and half. They're not really part of procurement, but nor are they part of IT operations. And so, you know, actually influencing stakeholders in the organization to get things done outside the ITEM team is always challenging. And as I said, we find exactly the same issue as a, as a service provider ourselves. Probably the other big thing that came up um, was in terms of the market, if you like, was you know, a lack of uh, formal or access to kind of formal skills, skilling up and certification. There really isn't a lot that you can do. And obviously, you know, we're aware, Martin, of your um, certification program, but apart from that, there are very other, you know, the vendors themselves don't really provide much in the way of certification around SAM, certainly Microsoft used to, but don't really do it anymore. Um, so it can be quite hard for an ITAM professional to demonstrate their, you know, their level of, of competency and professionalism. David, anything to add to that? Um, no, I, th I think that those are, are very good points. Um, you know, I, I would also probably add that um, some of the areas that I, I still feel that we, we all struggle as, as ITEM professionals is, is wrapped around um, having to deal with the tool vendors. Um, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the, the uh, software asset tool vendors. And, and when I say that, uh, I really, I guess, focus on the their point of view, they're doing their job, which is selling their tool. Um, the reality is that um, customers often get confused. They believe that the tools are the silver bullet and, uh, and that silver bullet is going to do everything I need to do. Um, and, and of course, as we know, the reality is very different. Um, you have to apply the right skills. You have to have uh, uh, experience in, in different vendors and, and publishers to be able to produce the the results that are required, and uh, and the tool vendors do not understand that necessarily that that level of um, requirement, and so I I find a constant um, need to bring the the customers back to the fact that um, the tool is not um, the be all and end all. It is it is purely a way of resolving some of those. Um, large technical problems that sometimes uh, you know we, we have to deal with or very often we have to deal with so uh, the, the principles of ITAM, SAM and HAM so to speak still all apply uh, when it comes to um, uh, running a tool or not running a tool um, so I th that would be definitely one of the areas that I, I feel is, is really challenging um, uh, ourselves in the in this market space I think that's a global issue. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, David. And as you mentioned, obviously the vendors will uh, position the, the tool as the magic bullet. And 
know, and that will be bought to some extent by the uh, the people buying it. This is the senior, you know, the C level or senior level, senior people in the IT department or procurement. I mean, I I think that um, one thing that each and that the, the tools that the tool providers are grappling with is sort of that move away from sort of standard or traditional installation based consumption because that is still you know in most for, for the large tool sets anyway that's still most of how they actually present their value um, and that's only one challenge we're sort of finding is once again going back to the increasing complexity of cloud and so on is, is how those tools manage to stay relevant stay ahead of that curve to some extent and you will see um, you know that the vendors are acquiring other companies to try and address that and um, you know to you know, lesser or greater success. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that is a real challenge for them. I guess the challenge as well is, is um, they're going to maybe, you know, let's say they go and acquire a cloud management platform. Um, the challenge is to get that all in one single pane of glass, isn't it? Like a holistic view of all assets, regardless of what platform they're on. And that's, that's no mean feat. Yeah. And it's, it's, that stitching together of those different tools is obviously a problem across the IT world. Um, I think it's particularly challenging for, for ITM tool sets um, because, you know, those, those sort of cost management tools or, or monitoring or, you know, um, uh, migration to cloud type tools don't have a really natural fit with the, with the way that ITM uh, tools tend to be structured. So uh, that's definitely something we're seeing um, they're struggling with. So, gentlemen, if, if we were looking at uh, the Australian item market as though it was a, a class at school and you had to grade them about what they were good at and what they were poor at, what, what would the school report look like? You know, what, what, what could we be encouraged by and what, where, are there, where is there room for improvement? Uh, I think, and once again, I asked some of our customers about this. <laughs> um, yeah, and the, one of their comments was that there are very few in Australia, Australasia, there are very few um, organisations that really specialise in software asset management or IT asset management. Um, yeah, so that does, I guess, limit their, limit their choice. Um, the other thing that I would comment in terms of where um, suppliers and integrators could do better is being able to grapple with the complexities uh, of the client environment and not just sort of you know, coming in and promising a, a three-month implementation uh, project and then all of your problems will be solved because there's always going to be this incredibly long tail of stuff that, that needs to be is, you know, sorted out you know, to provide value in some areas. Um, one area which I think is quite good in, in Australia is that there is quite an active community um, within IT asset management, um, and it tends to be more at the customer side of things. Like, you know, we're aware of uh, a lot of the, the large financial organisations and so on who are very close. You know, they do talk to each other um, and, and do try and sort of collectively solve issues around IT asset management. Um, and the other thing I think where, you know, it's a positive is that the people we deal with in, in client organisations tend to be very passionate about it and very, you know, interested in doing a really good job and, and doing SAM as professionally as possible. So I think that's one area that's actually really good. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think that, uh, you know, 
as I said before, if we, if and you asked Martin uh, what would be the score, uh, I guess just sort of out of the top of my head, I think that there are still a couple of areas that, that you'd split between them. And one of those is recognising the value of what ITEM brings. Um, and, and I think in Australia, there'd be a, a, a high score on that value. It would be, you know, I'm, I'm going to say seven to eight on a, on a scale of 10 uh, being the best. But um, when it comes to the understanding of implementing SAM, I think that the score is going to be uh, somewhat lower. You know, we might go to a four or five um, simply because uh, unfortunately not everyone has the, the passion um, that we do see in some of the bigger organizations and, and as you sort of go out and start talking to um, to customers, quickly learn that um, they really still struggle with with what to do, uh, how to implement and, um, and you know, what is a, a SAM um, analyst, how does that person operate? What kind of skills do they need? As you know, as Kieran was saying, uh, sometimes it's uh, it's very difficult to uh, to say, hey, this guy is a CSAM, but really, what does that mean? Um, uh, really, does that count for much when it comes to um, actually delivering goods? So we're on the uh, we're on the brink of the twenty twenties. Um, I'm curious to know what you think is going to occupy the minds of Australian ITAM pros in the next five to ten years. Um, from, a, from a global perspective, we're seeing a lot more um, seniority in ITAM teams. So ITAM teams are, I think, forty percent of them globally are reporting into the, the C level, the, you know, the C suite. Uh, so they're getting a lot more exposure, a lot more seniority in their teams. Obviously, cloud is a big one. Uh, the integrity of hardware records is very big at the moment. And I think that's partly linked to GDPR in Europe. Uh, and obviously, Australia, as, as I understand it, has their own data protection stuff that's going through, uh, always being enforced. Uh, what, what's, what's on your mind? What, what do you think is going to occupy us in the next five years? Well, if I could maybe uh, dive in there. I, th I think also... Um Cybersecurity is is a, uh, a continual uh, program that that has to be uh, addressed, and uh, you know we in the ITEM world sit right in the middle of, of that. So it's it's uh, incredibly important to uh, to make sure that uh, the right measures and, uh, have been put in place to to support the organisation's cybersecurity um, processes. Um, often I can attest to, uh, you know, having frustration with that as well from the point of view of trying to implement um, um, SAM systems and, and not being able to uh, to get past the security team for some time until they, they thoroughly check out the, the tools and, and uh, scripts and so forth that we are using. But uh, at the end of the day, that's uh, that's all very important. So I think that's, you know, we're, we're heading to that direction. Uh, obviously, the subscription marketplace is growing. I think in the 2020s, we're going to see less and less perpetual and more and more subscription uh, licensing styles. So uh, that's going to be there. Um, anything to add there, Kieran? Yeah, and I think it's probably related to subscription, but I, I, I think that as we go along... Um, you know, ICS and management is going to be less about compliance risk 
and more about cost optimization because you know it's taking time but we are moving to more and more of a SaaS and pass type world where it's actually quite difficult to exceed your your, your license um, and there's going you know, we're going to have pockets of of on-premise and and uh, even infrastructure as a service um, for a long time to come but I think as we you know as we see that kind of move to these big enterprise um, resource management tools and service management tools and that are all SaaS based um, that thing about cost optimization so understanding are you getting are you using the most efficient way and also how do you grapple with having many many um, sort of cloud-based service providers uh, and where you've got user subscriptions to you know, 10 different providers um, and understanding all that, collecting all that information and, and doing cost optimization, I think will be a big thing. Uh, as I mentioned before, I think moving away from those sort of traditional device and installation based models, I think by, uh, I suspect, you know, five, six years, I think those uh, models will be defunct. Uh, and then we're going to have a whole bunch of new stuff to grapple with. And, um, you know, the, the, the idea of licensing uh, in the Internet of Things is, is a big uh, black hole that I think nobody really knows what we're in for there and how you actually track if, if you've got licensable software on many, many millions of devices, how do you actually handle that? Um, so, yeah, I think there's going to be some big changes in the next five years. Great, thank you. And uh, we have a stated aim at the ITAM review to increase the number of people doing ITAM as a practice globally and introduce more people into the profession. Uh, part of that challenge is getting more awareness of what ITAM is up to at, at the sea level and, and its impact and, and, and the business value of ITAM. Um, it, do you think ITAM is, at the sea level, is concerned for Australia? Is, is it something we need to work on? Um, I, my perspective is um, that it's, it's often not. Um, in, Cases where it can be or has been um, is obviously where an organisation has um, been audited, or, or particularly also where you know we're aware of CIOs that have come from one organisation that did get audited and then have gone to another organisation uh, and have certainly been uh, much more focused on uh, making sure that the um, that they do have good asset management procedures in place and so on. The other thing we do see at the sea level uh, is, and where ITAM can have a certain level of prominence, is where, um, you know, particularly CTOs have, can have very strong opinions about certain vendors. Um, and usually it's a <laughs> negative opinion um, about some of the larger ERP vendors and so on. And that can tend to drive uh, decision making um, around software, and that kind of trickles down in, in terms of managing software properly and, and keeping an eye on it. Um, I, I would, as I said in general, I, I don't think it's got nearly got high enough priority. I think that the, that in general, um, putting aside, you know, a lot of the regulatory um, work that, that SAM people have to do to, to meet, say, APRA requirements and so on, it seems to be that's, that's the, the level of prominence you get is, you know, that you have to do all that work in a bank, so therefore, is prominent, but it's kind of just the necessary. It's not, you know, we don't see it as, as a huge concern uh, in terms of determining priorities for, for, the, for their IT budget, for example, whereas absolutely should be. Um, I don't really understand why you know, they, they, the CIOs don't 
um, more worried about this stuff. And, you know, the, the, um, as long as I'll leave it there. <laughs> uh, well, maybe I can just add, add to that. Um, you know, the experience that I have had over the uh, past uh, 10 years or so is that um, the CIOs see ITAM as, as virtually uh, a, a means to keeping the lights on. Right, um, which is which is if you think about it, that's what a CIO needs to do. He needs to keep systems up and running, uh, networks going, and uh, and has some degree of governance requirement uh, in their role. Um, as as I think you said earlier, Kieran, um, the move to cost savings is, is key, and I, I agree with that. And, and as such, the the ITAM organisations need to be forming. Um, um, underneath the, the CFO or, the, or for that matter, the CPO, the Chief Procurement Officer, so that um, there is continual focus on, on getting those cost savings, uh, driving the, the, the SAM team or the ITAM team to, to uh, produce those savings and, and then look at what happens next. And, you know, and this has always been an interesting uh, component of, of ITAM to me is because if you, if you think you um, have landed into a, a good space, you've got a good tool, you've got a good team, and there um, for the first few years have saved a lot of money for the organization, if they're doing their job well, then essentially that saving will, will drop away and flatten out. Um, so what then happens with SAM or ITAM? And I guess the, the focus that, that we have is then looking at using that team to enable change, to enable um, organizational transformation, which is going to continue to happen because we live in IT and that's what happens in IT. Every few years, new technologies come along. So that continual change um, is enabled by simply having an understanding of where you are. You know, you can't get from from A to B if you don't know where you are at A. Um, so this is the, uh, the the program that we follow with our customers is once we can get you in, in that BAU mode, then we look at how you use the ITAM environment, the data that you collected and the skills that you have to enable change within the organization. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a really good point, David, and it's one of our kind of areas of frustration, I guess, is that uh, organisations don't really harness this incredible repository of information uh, that they have available to them. Because, I mean, you think about what's in a, a typical IT asset management system and all of the expertise that goes around it and so on, that, you know, that there's an incredible value in there that is often not utilised um, yeah, and, and as an example, like, you know, using that information to help you inform your application portfolio management uh, in terms of, you know, end of life uh, information and, and that kind of thing. And it's just, yeah, and I think it goes back to what we are saying before about that sort of lack of maturity uh, and that um, a, a approach to ITEM within Australia about it just being a, a necessary evil or keeping the lights on or keeping the, the vendors away. Uh, and I think, yeah, we, we, we need to look for ways in which we um, can extend its influence and um, and use the you know, use the information that's available to, to you know, do more stuff in the in the, um, in the business. Absolutely agree. Once you've got the sort of the low hanging fruit of compliance and 
efficiency out of the way. It's about empowering the company to reach its goals using that data, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, compliance is really boring, really, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I tell you, it's incredibly exciting, and I, I get inundated with dinner party invites based on my specialist subjects. <laughs> Not. Uh, so thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining this podcast. Very much appreciate it. It's great to get your views on the Australian market and uh, look forward to seeing you both in Melbourne next month. Uh, just to finish, um, as, as promised on the previous podcast, we're actually giving away 10 free tickets to the Melbourne conference and you simply need a, 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 a code, which is Purple Lemon. So 10 free tickets available for the Melbourne conference using the code Purple Lemon. If there's any uh, issues connecting with that code uh, on the registration page, please connect, uh, email support at itsmanagement.net. That's support at itsmanagement.net. Um, and so that's a little reward. If you've listened to the podcast all the way through, there's 10 free tickets available for our Melbourne conference. With that, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Have a great uh, rest of the day and look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you, man. Thank you.